Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. The title of my message is, Don't Be Shut Out. Don't be shut out. Many people get shut out uh, of God's blessing, shut out of God's provision, shut out of what God desires for their life. They're on the outside wishing that they were on the inside. Now, when you get shut out, when you get shut out, uh, tonight, if we came in here, if you came in the church tonight and you could not get through those doors because you were locked out, you would be shut out from coming in to be able to enjoy uh, the body life of the church, you know, the collective, uh, uh, you know, just uh, moving of the Spirit among us. And you would say that you've been shut out from God's promises and blessings. Well, in, the, in a real way, you know, even children, of God that are born again are on the outside of a door and not able to get in. But there's reasons for that. I want to talk about some of that tonight. And I want us to move on through those things and get that door open and not shut on us anymore, but open it wide to what God desires for us. Can you say amen? amen. Now, to shut out means to bar it means to block. It means to cover or to fence off. In other words, if you had property and you had a certain section that was fenced off and you couldn't get from one uh, part of it, a person couldn't get from one part of it to another, you again would say that you're shut out from that piece of property. Well, you know, sometimes we're shut off in areas uh, of God's blessing in our life and we don't even know it or we don't know how to tap into and get in uh, to the provision that God has for us. Now, I'm going to share some things with you tonight. And, you know, um, I, I know in my uh, days of coming into the fullness of the Spirit and understanding the power of the Word of God, you know, I did a lot of foolish things, Lisa. I really did. I, I you know, would believe God for, for things that, you know, were maybe really not that important and I should be putting my faith in one place and I'm putting it somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? But, but maybe not so much because maybe that is a process of God teaching me and teaching you how to believe for those things that might not be life-changing, earth-shaking, but, but I begin to walk in faith and I begin to walk in trusting and believing God. And then one day I wake up and say, hey, that's immature. I don't need to be believing for that. You know, I heard somebody and they were, you know, young, young person and they're, believe in God for a Porsche and they're in the ministry. Well, is there anything wrong with that? I guess not. But if that's your high priority, don't you think if you're in the ministry that there's lots of other things that you need to be believing God for? And I, who am I? I'm not going to say don't believe for that. If you want to believe for that, do. But my point being is uh, that as you, uh, as you grow in God and as you grow in His Word, you grow in faith. You know, the Bible 
Bible says that your faith grows how? Exceedingly. That's what the King James says. Really what that is saying is your faith grows. If you keep feeding on the Word of God, your faith grows just like your body when you're a child and you, you know, parents, we feed our kids and they grow and they develop. And that's what happens when we feed on the Word of God. We grow and we develop. But really when it says it grows exceedingly, it grows in usability. In other words, your faith, you can use it when you run into these times of being shut out and looking at something that you need to push on into, but you're not able to do it. Your faith can help you go through those things. Now, the Bible says that God gives us, Dave, the keys to the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. We have those keys, but I'm here to tell you there is no key like faith. That is the master key of them all, because without faith, you're not going to please God. And without faith, you get shut out from God's provision, His blessing, His inheritance, and what He wants to do in your life. And I am not going to let anyone who makes fun of me because I believe God for things. I, I'm not going to receive that. I'm just going to go on and believe. And you ought to, too. You, you remember David and his brothers when they went down there and Goliath was roaring and, you know, throwing out, out all those threatenings. You remember that when Goliath was doing that. And David was standing there with his brother, his elder brother, Eliab. And Eliab said, what are you doing down here, you little pipsqueak? You, you know, and see, that's what people want to do to our face sometimes. They want to do that. To, and you know what? We need to follow David's example. He stopped talking to Eliab and he turned to someone else. And that's exactly what I do. If somebody doesn't want to hear what I've got to say and hear, you know, the, the speaking of the Word of God, then I'll just turn from them and go to someone who does. You know, but a lot of times people, you know, they'll get real discouraged if somebody doesn't listen or doesn't agree or want to hear. You don't need to get discouraged over all that. You don't need to let people's unbelief steal your faith and keep you shut out from the blessings of God. You just turn and you push on in to what God has for you. I tell you, I believe this with all of my heart. Now, I don't know if the people are sitting in this room tonight, but there are people in this church family that God has some things planned for you uh, in the area. I don't know if it's inventions. I don't know uh, if it's business propositions. I don't know what it is, but there's something in there that God has that's, you know, that he just wants to break open and do some things that is going to be fantastic. And I'm waiting for that because I want you to bring your tithe in here. <laughs> and I don't make any bones about it. Amen. When I pray for this church and I pray for increase because we need it in the ministry, do you know what I do? I, I, I'm praying for the people, the families. Amen. And Lord, I, I tell the Lord, Lord, you know those people that are givers, that have a generous heart. And if they had it, they would give. So pour them, Lord. Bring it to them, God. 
I do. I don't make any bones about that. You say, well, that's kind of carnal. Well, you try to run a church and not be that way. (laughs) It doesn't work. You know, I know that the blessing that is on this church is going to be upon the people. Now, I do believe this. If people won't cooperate, I'll pray that God moves some others in. Amen. You know, you say, well, that's smart. Yes, that's very smart. I think that's wisdom. (laughs) Amen? Now, I, I want to say something to you today that I mean, do you, do you ever just have the word just kind of smack you a little bit? It's just like, wake up. I've got something to say to you. And, and I was reading uh, Charles S. Price. I don't know if you've ever heard Dr. Charles S. Price. I don't know if you've ever read anything about him, but, but he, um, uh, he was a, a minister during the healing revivals, you know, the 40s around in there. And he was a great man of faith, and he saw some marvelous healings and breakthroughs come. And he talked about faith. And, and he... He said this, and I'm not kidding you, I'd never really thought about this in quite this way. Now, maybe you know you're more advanced than me, and maybe you have, but I really hadn't. Um, You know in Mark 11, where the Bible talks about have faith in God, and we all know that what that means is have the faith of God. If you read it in some translations, it will even say that, have the faith of God. And, and, and I thought, oh yeah, just have the faith of God, have faith in God, believe Him, you know. But when I really began to look at that, He is giving us there a truth that will revolutionize our life if we will listen to it. Have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. Take God's faith and use it. God's faith created the world. You remember when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and he looked at that fig tree and his disciples were looking at that fig tree and he knew that it wasn't time for figs to be on that tree. He was trying to teach his disciples something. And he said, okay, you know, no man is going to eat the fruit off of this tree anymore. You wither up and die. Well, nothing looked different right at that moment. But the faith of God caused that thing to do exactly what Jesus sent his faith to do. And then he said, you can do this kind of thing, and you can even move mountains with this kind of faith that God has and that he's sharing with you. He's sharing that kind of faith with us. And when we go and we pray for the sick, when we're believing God for things to happen, we need to take this kind of faith that is talked about in Mark 11, this God faith, this faith that's of God, we need to take it and use it in our life, understanding, yes, we believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, we believe in the Word of God, but we've got this supernatural power that's imparted to us through that that will move mountains. It will cause a tree to die and wither. But see, we got to tap in. We got to tap into it. We, the, the kingdom of God is supernatural. It's not a natural. We live in the natural 
We, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We don't operate of this world system. If we can just get that, if we can just understand that, that we can get into this realm of the supernatural and we can tap into this faith that there is nothing that can shut the child of God out. Nothing can. You know, Eddie and I, we've been talking a lot lately about the end times. And, and, and uh, you know, we've just been hearing some of these things that are, you know, it'll just make your head spin almost. About the things that, that are going on out there and things that are to come uh, uh, in these end times. You know, and, and we were talking today and I just, I, I just told Eddie, I said, you know what? If you look at that, now I know God's going to do what he's going to do upon this earth in the end times. But I tell you what, a lot of this demonic activity that is going on, I said, just like Elijah when the army came after him and he was able to overcome it, even though there were more of them than there were of him. God gave him a supernatural faith and ability to tap into something, to overcome what the enemy was sending and throwing upon him. And it's the same way in our day and in this hour. We're being inundated from every side with demonic activity and forces in these last days. But this is the time for God's people to arise and shine and take this faith of God and begin to work and move and not let the Eliabs or whoever that wants to stop us and shut us out. We just get the key, open the door, and go on in because God has a room in there for you. He has a place in there for you. And it's not for you to live on the outside wishing that you could get on the inside. He opens he opens to you and it comes through this faith that we're talking about tonight. Amen. Amen. The Bible says without faith, you can't even please God. You know, we, we can live a certain way. We can have a certain dress code. We can, you know, not do certain things that we think are going to please God. And all the time he said, if you'll just use your faith, keep your makeup on. You can wear color. You can cut your hair. Now, if you don't want to, don't. That's your business. But I'm just saying we do things like that to try to please God. And if we really want to please Him, we'll, we'll use this God kind of faith. Amen? Amen. Now, Hebrews 3.19 in the Amplified, listen to this. So we see that we were not able to enter into His rest because of of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Unbelief had shut them out. Now, I want you to think about that. This was the children of Israel, and they were in the wilderness. And God had brought them out of Egypt. He was planning on taking them into the promised land. But they couldn't get into the promised land because there was so much going on in their life. You know, we don't have any water. We don't have the right kind of food. We don't have this. We don't have that. So then God would bring the quail and they'd get foundered on the quail. You know, and it was one thing after the other after the other. And, and the scriptures here says that he called that unbelief because they wouldn't trust God and they wouldn't believe God for the things that they needed to to get them out of the wilderness and into the promised land. 
We need to get out of the wilderness as God's people. We don't need to live in the wilderness. That's not where God created us to be. If you're going through the wilderness, we need to get through it. There are times like that. Then you get through it and you go on. But the children of Israel couldn't move forward because they were shut out because of unbelief in their life. Now, you can be an unbelieving believer. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can be washed in the blood of Jesus. You can be born again. And that, in that regard, you are a believer. But you don't believe God for anything else. You're living in unbelief. You can live a life like that. I know because I did it. Because number one, I was ignorant and did not know that God wanted me to live by faith, to trust Him, to believe Him, to position me, to get me where I needed to be for the provision for my life. See, God is pleased when we believe Him. When we use this God kind of faith and this faith of God to turn our situation around, Bonnie, to believe and to receive what we need. And it wasn't, you know, we need to be like Abraham. No man gave this to me. God did it. Now, God can use people to get it to you, but it's not them. It's God moving upon hearts to get to us what we need. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 4. And um, we're going to look here uh, at verse number uh, 1 and 2. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise of being left of being left us to entering into the rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, he says... Here, let us therefore fear. What is he saying? Tremble, shaking in your boots, you know, that kind of fear, you know, torment, that kind of thing. No, he's saying, let us be reverential to God. Let us understand that what God has said is what he's going to do. Now, he's talking about the children of Israel, and God said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to give you provision. I'm going to make things right for you. And he's fear, reverence God. Believe that. That's what it's talking about. And then he goes on to say, for unto us was this gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached, listen, did not profit them. In other words, you can sit here tonight or any time we come to church on Sunday mornings, you can turn on your television in the morning when you're getting ready and listen to preaching and, you know, you can put on, you know, your CDs or, you know, MP3s or whatever you do and you can just let someone just preach up a storm to you. But listen to what it says. But the word preach did not profit them. See, preaching can profit your life. But preaching can only profit your life when you open your heart and receive it. And you have faith. It's mixed with faith. If I were to bake a cake and and I had my big mixing bowl out here, you know, and, and I brought you know, all the ingredients, and I put them in there, and I've done this before, so I'm telling you, okay? I put all my ingredients in there, except I left out the eggs. 
Okay, stir it up, put it in there. Guess what? It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't good. Nobody wanted that cake. Well, see, that's what we do, the Word of God. We get all the ingredients out here. God's got them all, you know, but we just don't like this one over here. We, that's, that's hard. I, I, you know, the, I'm just not going there. I wasn't taught that way, so I'm not going to receive that truth. So you don't put it in there and mix it up because when you mix it up uh, the way God wants to, you put the faith with it, and then it's going to profit you. The Word will profit you when you mix it with faith. But you can hear, hear, hear until you turn blue. But if you don't believe what you hear and use this uh, faith of God to change things, to rearrange things, to go to work for you, to make things that look impossible possible, nothing's ever going to change. But the Word... See, this is the problem with the church today. They do not hear the Word of God with hunger and a heart to receive and reach out and take by faith what God has given. And consequently, we just hear, 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 hear. But somewhere in the process, folks, we have to hear and release faith Mix the faith with it, and then we get the results that we need. Can you say amen? amen? It says, it did not profit them. That word profit means to make it better. It didn't get any better. It didn't benefit. It didn't give you an advantage. See, this is what I want to say to you tonight. As children of God, God wants to give you an advantage over other people. Will you say, that's not God. Because God is no respecter of person. You know who he respects? He respects the people who have this kind of faith to believe him for what they hear from the word of God to change things. God is waiting for a people to change this world. Earth-shaking things he wants to do. And your earth-shaking sh thing may not seem earth-shaking to someone else, but if God told you to do it, it'll shake. Hallelujah. Amen. So God wants to give you an advantage. He wants you to benefit, and He wants to make things better in your life. But again, you've got to take the Word, and you've got to mix the faith in there, release the faith, and receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, we can get shut out of God's provision. We can get shut out of the inheritance that God has for us. You, you all have heard many stories. I was just reading the other day something, and there was an elderly man in Chicago, and uh, he was uh, just a beggar, really, and he had newspapers that he would sell, and, you know, he looked really bad, didn't have food to eat. Uh, actually, I think when they did the autopsy, you know, he was very malnourished. And so, uh, you know, people, uh, he lived in a really cheap uh, apartment, you know, didn't cost very much, and it was a dump, really. Everybody looked at his life and couldn't believe it, but when he died, they found a belt on him, and in that belt was $23,000. Wow. 
I don't think that is, you would consider that somebody that was a beggar. Would you, I would say if you had $23,000 and you were wise with the $23,000, you could do okay, don't you think? Well, that man had something that he wasn't using. Well, that, but that reminds me of many times God's children. We have things, this inheritance, and we're not using it. And, and it's because we're releasing no faith. You know, we're releasing no faith. You know, just because you get older, does that mean that God can't move anymore? Does that mean that faith won't move the mountains anymore? Does that mean that you can't believe God? It's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. Now, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't be wise. I, I'm not saying that and be ridiculous. But I'm saying, who is your source? Amen. Who is your source? So, we can get shut out of God's provision, our inheritance, healing for our bodies, favor and blessing to come upon our life. And then we could just go on and on and on. You could add, you know, lots of things to that list. I want to tell you that God wants to provide for you in these last days. He said that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Are you a servant of God? Then he takes pleasure. He is pleased when you prosper. You don't have, oh, oh, when we say that, you know, we want to duck because we think God might hit us. No. Again, take the Word of God, mix it with faith, and you're going to benefit and get the advantage of it. You better be living by your covenant. You better be uh, receiving the provision in the day and hour that we live in. It's a crazy, crazy time. You know, if the government has their way, they'll just take everything that we have and give it to somebody who's lazy and doesn't want to work. But I don't know about you. I don't work for the lazy. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And so all I've got to say is get up off of your rear and get to work. Oh, well, but... Let me tell you, this is the truth. We got a prayer request the other day, and I just said when I got that, I just threw it down, and I said, I'm not praying that. And it was said, pray that food stamps will be released. Uh, pray that I will always be able to live on food stamps. Pray that uh, I'll always, um, you know, be able, me and my family. And it's like, no, I'm not praying that. Now, if you need provision, I'll pray that God supply your need right now. But I'm not praying that you're going to be on food stamps all of your life because I'm tired of keeping you up. You know what I'm saying is true. And you feel the same way too. You know, when you get up from every morning and go to work from 7 to whatever or 8 to whatever, you work all day. You know, you work for your money. You know you earn it and you feel good about that. You're helping people. You're benefiting, you know, the economy and, and all of that. And, and then the government wants to say, well, Sally over here, you know, she's got 10 kids and she's having number 11 and she doesn't work and you need to take care of her. Get Sally. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Get Sally to set up an appointment with me because I want to talk to her. I'm going to tell her something to help her. Do we not live in a crazy time or what? It's crazy. Wisdom, is, there's no such thing. Common sense, forget it. That's a thing of the past. That doesn't exist anymore. 
And if you do have common sense and you do operate in wisdom, then people look at you like there's something wrong with you. Well, just look on because I'm going to keep doing what I do. Amen. And so God wants us not to be shut out of these things, but he wants us to be able to press on in them. Amen. Let's turn to Galatians 3. This is a very familiar scripture for many, maybe some not. But in Galatians 3:13, the Bible says that Christ, Jesus Christ, has redeemed or ransomed us, rescued us from the curse of the law. Now, have you ever read Deuteronomy 28? We're not going to take time to turn there. But if you read Deuteronomy 28, you will see over there that the curse, all the curse is listed. And then the blessing is listed also. You're familiar with that. Some of you are. Well, this is what it's talking about. Christ, Jesus Christ, died on that cross and shed his blood to redeem you from the curse. The first curse is the curse of hell. He redeemed us from the curse of hell, being separated from him. And when he died on that cross, he made a way for the blessing for us to be able to come into God, uh, to, to have the benefit of him being our father, to be in the family of God. See, we were separated, but the blessing brought us into the family of God. And then if you look at the curse, uh, that what we're redeemed from, not only hell and separation from God, but we're redeemed from sickness and disease. Amen. And now listen to this. This is really going to knock your socks off. Poverty. Oh, let's go take a poverty vow. You just go right ahead. I believe I'll pass. Thank you. Now, if God said to do it, okay, but but we're redeemed from it. So why would he tell us to go do it? Now, am I being silly in that there are not times that you have to... Uh, do without things, that you have to give things up. You all know the story of when we started this church 34 years ago. We had to sell our home. We had to leave our family. We went to California. And we went out there for Eddie to go to seminary and for us to prepare ourselves for a ministry that was to take place here. If anybody looked at our life and saw it, they'd think, you know, wow. That's not really smart, but it was smart because it's God's way when he says, if you give up these things, I'll give them back to you when? Luke says, in this lifetime, in this lifetime. Now, I didn't, I did know that scripture. I didn't understand it a lot because I was just getting into the word of God Uh, you know, and discovering and finding out things. But I remember the day I stood in the living room right in front of my fireplace and bawled my eyes out because it was the last time I was going to be in that house. I loved it. I built, you know, we built it. We we decorated it. We did it exactly the way that we wanted it. And now God says, I have to get rid of it. This can't be God. But it was. But you know, I stood there bawling my eyes out because I thought I'm giving it up. And it, but what God said to me that day, he said, I'm pulling that out of your heart. Things have you and I'm pulling it out. Now, I didn't know things had me. Do you know things can have you and you don't know it? 
You can have things without them having you. I do now. I, you know, God has blessed us. And, 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 you know, I have a nice house. But it doesn't have me. If God said, I want you to sell that, we'd just say, okay, we'll do it. You know, it's trouble, but we'll do it, God. <laughs> have to pack all that, st- you know. <sighs> but see, there's a difference in having things and things having you. And, and you got to live for God in the way that you just hold it with open hands. You have to hold relationships with open hands. You have to, uh, you know, you have to hold your possessions with open hands, not, you know, hanging on for dear life. Oh my God, what would I do without my possessions? Well, God can just give you something better. But, you know, it, it, I liken that to when I was a child, and I've told this in here before, but I go to camp, in the summer and you know they're trying to teach me how to swim and it's like oh my god I'm on the side I'm holding on you know to the the side of the pool and the counselor just come on out here come no 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 and I'm fighting and crying and going on you know and I did this on up to where I was a big kid actually (laughs) but you know what one day I let go and I just launched out and just began to float And see, that's what we need to do in life. Instead of holding on, being fearful. Oh my God, God gave this to me, but he can't give me anything else. Yes, he can. He gave it to you. And if if he's calling on you to release it, he'll multiply it back into your life. He'll multiply it. You know, there's some times though that God doesn't require it, but you just want to do it. You know, you need to know that you've heard God, you know, if it's something big, you know, for sure. But but there's just times I want to sow things. I just want to sow it out of my heart of gratitude for the Lord, not because maybe I'm hearing you need to do this, you know. But then every now and then I'll hear, you're just holding on too tight to that. You need to give that away. And you know what? You just need to do it. You just need to launch on out there, release it, and float on out there. And live by faith because he'll bless you and bring some things back. Amen? Okay. So he says, Christ has redeemed or rescued us from the curse of the law, from hell and separation from God, poverty and sickness and disease, because he was made a curse for us. In other words, he took all that cursing upon himself. And then he goes on to say that, in other words, Jesus took it that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. In other words, the blessing comes through what Jesus Christ did. In other words, there was a great exchange at Calvary. And Jesus said, I'm going to take my righteousness and everything that I am, and I'm going to give it to those who will come to me and accept me as their Lord and Savior. And then as I die upon this cross, I'm going to take all that curse upon myself so they don't have to have it. Now, I'm telling you, what about that? We're redeemed. We're rescued. We're ransomed from the curse. We don't have to live in the curse anymore. And I don't want to live in that curse, do you? 
Amen. Psalm 78, 41. It talks about the children of Israel, and it said that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Do you know that we can limit God in our life by not using this faith of God? We limit Him. We restrict Him. We stop Him in our life. You say, well, God can do anything. Well, God, you know, God has set up this way that he moves through men and women like us and, and his children. He Faith is what he moves by. We release faith and then God begins to move into our life. So many times we need things. I'll find myself sometimes going through something, needing something, whatever the case may be, maybe needing something for the ministry. Um, you know, related to something that I'm doing. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I need to trust God. I need to pray about this. I need to release my faith for something to happen here. But see, we can just live life. We can get so busy, so caught up in so many things that, that we don't think about that. And through that, we can limit God in our life. Take the stops off. Take the limits off. God is a limitless God. He's able to do abundantly above, beyond all that we can ask or even think. Whatever we think of, whatever we ask, He can go far beyond that. What a statement. What a statement. And faith is how we receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. I, I was just thinking about this today, um, about the, um, the ABCs of faith. And you know, it's real simple. If you'll just remember this, the A is you have to agree with God. You look in the Word, oh, I don't see how in the world you can do that, God, for me. That's not agreement. Agree with what you see. Agree. Okay, don't limit God, but agree with what you see. Get yourself in line. Get yourself in line. You know, some of you teachers, you know, if you have young kids and you're going to do a program and you'll tell everybody, get in line, get in line. And what do they do? One over here, over here, over here. I mean, they're just everywhere. We need to get in line. Get lined up with faith in our hearts in our minds, to receive, and we need to agree with God. The B is for believe. Agree and believe what you see. And then the C is confess. Faith is in two places. Did you know that? Where is it? Faith is in your heart, and faith is in your mouth. With the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made. That's faith. That's true faith in operation. You agree with God, whatever you see, even though your mind and every, you know, may be screaming out, but you agree with God anyway, and then you believe what you see. You use this faith of God that is supernatural, that can move mountains to get in there in your situation and cause some things to happen. But now one thing that hinders, I wanted to get in, I'm not going to be able to talk about it tonight. I wanted to get into hindrances. Hindrances that stop you from pushing on in when you get shut out. One of the hindrances is patience, no patience. The Bible says faith and patience inherit the promise. 
You have an inherited, an inheritance. You've got promises, and God wants you to be able to tap into that. But you've got to have your faith, but then you have to have patience. Let patience, the Bible says, have its perfect work. Now, really what patience means is endurance. Okay, God, this is... April the 17th, and in the morning when I wake up, I thank you, Lord, that, you know, there's going to be abracadabra, and my prayer is going to be answered. My faith is going to, you know, bring, see, you can't do things that way. Again, you remember when I was telling you about immature faith and, you know, when faith grows in, in its usability, and then you get to a place where you understand faith has to have patience with it. Faith and patience are what brings you the promise that God gives to you. Patience, endurance. You know, seems like to me, I remember Paul telling Timothy, be a good soldier, endure hardness. And see, in the world we live in today, people, uh, any kind of hardness, and, and you just pastor a church and you'll see this. You just see it. The slightest little thing. And I mean, they're off and running, scurrying. Well, that's just too hard. Yeah, life can be hard. It can be tough. But the Bible says if you want your faith to work and get you the promise, you've got to have some endurance. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.